You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Welcome to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Dr. Gray. Thank you. Awesome. What can I help you with today? Um, well, uh, my main question is um, about being a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just wondering if it, being a stay-at-home mom would be looked down upon by medical school committee. Um, well, hopefully you, you're not a stay-at-home mom when you're in medical school. You're actually going to medical school as well. Um, mm-hmm. The what's what's behind the question right because the whether you're a stay-at-home mom you work full-time as a emt as as an executive in a a business at the end of the day getting into medical school is all about doing the things that you need to do to get into medical school so what's what's behind the question Where, where do you think potentially you're lacking yeah, like um, I have lived in three different countries so far, and uh, my question comes from the recognition that um, there is this cultural difference among my home country, my husband's home country, and here in the United States. So given the cultural difference, some personal qualities would be given more credit for and um, not so much for others, you know. So um, like, for example, here, um like maternity leave is like six weeks, right? So <laughs> the rest of the world is like, take the year off. Yeah, so it's yeah. like uh, the sooner you can get back into the job um, after delivering a baby, the stronger you are considered, you know? Yeah, So Stupid. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that. And <laughs> Neither I do I. A, yeah, <laughs> so I have been a stay-at-home mom for like last six years. Mm. Uh, before that, um, I worked as a nurse here in the U.S. for about eight years, okay. and I went from like graduate nurse to a nurse clinician who is like an assistant nurse manager. And uh, when I gave birth to my fir- first child, I was in my husband's home country, and uh, given the child care um, system there, I decided to stay at home. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> So, um, and now I'm here looking at all the things that I have done <laughs> yeah. and wanting to go back to being pre-med. Um, I'm wondering, you know, how uh, schools will look at uh, my pre-med journey, you know? Yeah. So, so again, back to my, my first question is where do you think you are lacking? Okay. Um, I don't think I'm lacking in any um, any um, aspect. In fact, uh, being a mom has given me this whole new uh, dimension in life that I could never have. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm like at 20, I would not have known all these things. <laughs> at uh, like 30, when I went back to being pre-med like six years ago, I would not have, you know, known so much about life and all yeah. these things. And I don't think that I'm lacking anywhere. Um, in but terms but of- being being a mom, being a stay-at-home mom, doesn't give you clinical hours for the most part, right? It, being a stay-at-home mom doesn't give you shadowing hours. Are you making the time, are you getting the support from your family to go out and do those things? That is something that I'll have to start early next year. 
because uh, I made a commitment to myself that, um, you know, I will go back and do something as a pre-med once my younger child starts school. Yeah. So all of those extracurricular activities, my prerequisites, everything I have to start next year. Okay, so you still have a long road ahead of you for your journey. Yes, the magical year would be 2025 for me if everything goes okay. fine and yeah. I matriculate or like, you know, the way I think. The magical year would be 2025. To for start me to medical school? Yeah. So yeah. apply in 2024? Yes. Yeah, so with that said, I, I think you're, you're going to be perfectly fine. Being a stay-at-home mom right now, really has no effect on your application. Where you go from here, now that you're making the decision to to be pre-med and start this journey, going and taking your pre-reqs, now where are you showing your passion lies? Is it, um, is it getting into a clinic, into a hospital setting, volunteering, or getting paid to work if you're ready to, to take that step? All of that, you're going to have lots of time to build up experiences around that i i don't think the the being a stay-at-home mom is a hindrance at all and as you mentioned right it's giving you it's giving you this completely different outlook on life and all these other experiences that a lot of students don't have and and i think that's going to be very much an asset right you're going to be the mom of of the cohort at medical school um taking care of everyone else yeah i'm gonna be a super non-traditional yeah student yeah, and that's that's good. That's okay. Okay. So something related to this question is that, you know, earlier I mentioned that I have uh, like at about eight years of nursing um, experience, yep. right? That was like six years ago. Now, as I'm trying to show the medical school committee um, that I'm ready to make the shift towards being a physician, do I have to bring my nursing career back to the same level? Because um, I do have a nursing license still, right? I have been doing the continuing education and wow. everything. Yeah. But um, like um, like before, you know, during my uh, nursing career, I was doing everything. I was um, graduate nurse in the beginning, and I went up to nurse clinician. I was taking part in this nurse-initiated uh, committees like education committee and shared governance council and yeah. whatnot was that here in and the then, states yes okay. yes and uh, i did preceptorship i was mentoring my colleagues so now i do have the license but then yeah. if i go back and not take a paid nursing job and just do volunteering few hours a week yeah. so that i can focus more on my courses and those things you know perfectly fine. i mean how Perfectly fine. Yeah, there's 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 no reason there's not going to be any sort of negative outlook on well you're a nurse why aren't you acting as a nurse why are you just volunteering or why are you just scribing or why are you just whatever there's there's no problem not going back to nursing just because 
you you have your nursing license and everything else. So uh, don't worry about that. Focus on this point forward, what you need to do to succeed and, and don't go, well, I was a nurse, I need to be a nurse. And then that potentially sets you up for failure moving forward because now you're picking up too many shifts as a nurse and you're not dedicating your time to classes, to other stuff that you want to be doing and you think that you just have to be a nurse. So don't worry about that. Don't don't go back there if you don't want to. If you want to, great. But if you don't want to and you don't think you have the bandwidth for it, then then don't. Um, no, like uh, I love patient care. It's it's good. I hope um, so. You want to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love patient care. The only thing right now is I do have associate's degree in nursing. I do not have a bachelor's. Okay. So by 2020, all nurses are supposed to have bachelors, you know? Yep. So if I go back and pick up a paid job, then I might uh, have to, you know, take the time to get bachelors. Yeah. So you don't want to waste your time doing even that. Prolong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, potentially there, there probably will be a role and, and I don't know, I haven't looked into this and it probably will be state to state dependent. There probably will still be a role for associates nursing degrees, just not at the same capacity that maybe you were used to. And so maybe it's more of a, a higher level medical assistant or something like that. I mean, um, they are taking nurses right now, but yeah. they are saying you have to commit to uh, getting a bachelor's degree within five years of employment, you know? Yeah. Yeah, within five years of employment. That's interesting. So maybe there's a little wiggle room for you. Yeah, there is. Um, but uh, if I... Oh, that takes me to this another question, you know? Um, back uh, in uh, 2012 and 13, when I was doing the um, uh, pre-med courses, I took uh, two semesters of undergraduate research, right? Okay. So, I mean, I wished I had taken cell biogenetics, those kind of things before I uh, took that undergraduate research. But um, I definitely got something out of it, uh, including one of the uh, publication on commentary. It was a commentary, um, first author commentary, but it was not a research research article of on my project, you know. Yeah. So I'm here in um, New York, and you know how research heavy these New York schools are. Yep. I have heard you saying that research is not required, yep. and given my background, I mean, what, I mean, what should I do in terms of research? You know. Do you want to do research? I want to do more like clinical research, not the wet lab yeah. bench kind of research. You know, I so want go, more. So go look for some clinical research positions. Yeah. So okay. So yeah. if if you want to, again, you don't have to. And yes, the 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 kind of inner city New York City schools, Sinai, NYU, um, mm -hmm. Einstein, all of those big. Uh, there's one more. I'm I'm blanking on. Uh, all of those big institutions they are heavy in research. But that doesn't mean yeah. they only accept students who have research. What mm -hmm. they're looking for are students who are inquisitive, who are trying to challenge the status quo, who like to ask questions, who like to find answers. And you've yeah. done some of that with the research that you have in the past. And so it doesn't mean yeah. that you have to go continue to do it. Mm -hmm. And if you're more mm -hmm. interested in the clinical research side of things, great. That's still research. That's still asking the mm -hmm. questions. That's still doing the investigation. Yeah. 
and that's mm-hmm. that's just as important. So so I think mm-hmm. you're perfectly fine there. It's funny. I was I was actually just at the a, a clinic visit with my daughter, and and mm-hmm. um, there was a clinical researcher uh, coordinator came in. And I asked, I'm like, are you a pre-med? A lot of, a lot of you clinical research people are, are pre-meds. He goes, yeah, I'm pre-med. And so we talked and it was funny. Mm-hmm. He, he, he knew of me. So we, we chatted for a little bit about his application because he's in the middle of applying. But um, yeah, if, if you want to do that, great, go do it. But again, don't, don't, <clears throat> don't look at all of this from, I need to go check all of the boxes because I think that's yeah. where you're looking. That's where a lot of your questions are coming from, right? I'm a stay at home mom. Therefore I'm not going to be able to check all the boxes. I don't have the research. I, <clears throat> I, I don't have the research. I can't check that box. I don't have this. I can't check the box. So get out of that mindset from this mm-hmm. point forward. Mm-hmm. Obviously you need to take the classes, right? The, the prereqs that you need yeah. to, yeah. to get into medical school and to succeed on the MCAT. Uh-huh. And then everything else that you should be doing should be there to one, fulfill kind of the passions and enjoyments that you have, but also mm-hmm. continue to validate why you want to be a physician. Correct. Correct. Okay. And uh, regarding the prerequisites, like I did some prerequisites uh, classes like in 2012 and 13. Um, if I need to retake it, I have not decided if I'm going to retake it or not, but uh, if I need to retake it, do I need to retake the labs also or just the theory? I would probably just worry about the theory side of it, the the classroom side of it, if you, if you want to retake it. Remember the the majority of prereqs don't expire. Most medical schools don't have an expiration date for prereqs. The most important thing to think about as you're going through this journey is where is my level of knowledge? Is it enough to do well on the MCAT? Do I still have that foundational knowledge to crush the MCAT? Or do I need to go retake some of these classes to build up my knowledge again? so that I can do well on the MCAT. And then if you think your knowledge is great, then go go take upper division classes and you'll probably be fine as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. And uh, thank you for mentioning your daughter because I do have a five-year-old and uh, <laughs> almost two-year-old son. Um, so I always love hearing about your uh, kids whenever you mention about them <laughs> in the podcast yeah. or you know, YouTube videos. Or we're, like we're very similar ages. I, my, my six and a half year old daughter now and uh, just turned two year old son. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a handful during yeah. a pandemic, but we're surviving. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and please do mention about them more because I, I <laughs> always think, oh, Dr. Gray and I are twin parents because we have <laughs> similar age children, you know? <laughs> Oh, very cool. Any other questions? Any other thoughts? Um, one last question, Dr. Yep. Gray. The, um, I heard somebody saying about the research in electronic medical record. Yep. Do people do like research? Can pre-med students do research in electronic medical records like remotely? Uh, remotely, probably. Uh, most electronic medical record systems are set up to do remote access. Um <laughs> Uh, you're you're talking about kind of doing a, a data dive and looking through and pulling records and and that kind of stuff from the electronic the electronic medical I, records. That's what you're saying. I, 
Uh, I assume so because you know I didn't get time to clarify with that person, but they yeah. said like at Premed you can do research on electronic medical record remotely. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. So it's it's just to to clarify again. So you're not saying. I'm going to research about electronic medical records. You're talking about doing clinical research using the electronic medical records as your conduit for getting the information that you need to pull. If, if the PI says, hey, we, we need to pull all the patients over the last five years who had this diagnosis, right? You're the one going in, pulling the information, pulling out whatever information is in that, that patient file. That's what you're talking about, you think? I think so. Yeah. Um, is it that would similar make sense. to chart audit or say that again? Is it similar to chart audit or uh, no? Well, I mean, a chart audit is similar in that you're using the electronic medical record to access data, but you're you're looking at different endpoints for each of them. So, but but yeah, I assume if you find uh, any sort of research going on and you can contact that PI and get involved that obviously you're going to have to go through HIPAA training and everything else, but but there's I don't think there's any reason why you can't do that remotely um, oh. if, if you can uh, go through all of those other steps. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Dr. Gray. You're welcome. I hope you have a great day and good luck and keep us updated on this long road ahead for you. Yeah, sure. I, I am a member in your uh, MAPT program. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm loving those features. I used to have to put on some more stuff into my account. So looking forward to it. Oh, great. Yeah, thank you. Well, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group.